Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. If you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Derek, and I just want to welcome you, especially all our guests that are visiting us, maybe from far away, coming here locally to see family, or maybe you're here for the first time, just finally checking out Connect, and uh, we're just thrilled that you're here, so thank you so much. I also want to welcome our online campus. Can we say hello to our online campus? Can we give them a big hand? Uh, we're pumped that you're with us, too. We know many people were watching online last service, and so we have multiple services that are taking place simultaneously. So while we have three here and one last night, we're having our online campus going at the same time. I just think that's the coolest thing. And so through the use of technology, we're able to connect with you, and we're, we're just so glad you're, that you're with us. And we hope that you engage and feel connected. Amen? Listen, uh, I'm going to get right into our message. Um, so you can get your little worship guide out, your handy-dandy notebook, or whatever you want to call that. And, and uh, we kind of take notes that connect. So don't feel pressured to do that if you're new, but the pen and paper, remember what the mind forgets, and hopefully you have something that is worthy of your remembrance as a result of uh, today's service. If our church is new to you um, and different, I just guess I would say I hope it's a good different. Some difference, just different, and then there's some different that's good different, you know, and um, I will let you know this quickly without unpacking it a lot, but behind uh, kind of the methodology or the skin of Connect, uh, we believe that the message is sacred and the methods are not. So really what is different is just the skin of the, of the church, just the, uh, the methodology of the church. So yeah, there's a smoke machine and a rock band uh, behind us. And uh, if you were here a couple weeks ago, I was dancing on stage. And so we'll, we'll kind of do anything short of sin to help people connect with God. Um, but we preach the word of God. Can I have an amen out there? And we believe that it is timeless in its truth and incorruptible and totally applicable to our world today. So that's kind of just a nutshell, like, who we are. And, and so, you know, Starbucks coffee, shoot, yeah, you think that's good? We'll put that in the lobby. And, and you know, uh, some people, they got to have a little conchia before they leave or they got to have a little sandwich. That's okay. We'll do that. Just leave me some, please, okay? Uh, but anyway, that's why we do it the way we do it. Amen? Uh, everybody get their, their Christmas shopping done. Raise your hand if you got your Christmas shopping done. Come on, raise your hand if you did it. If you did it, if you didn't raise your hand, that means you're done. So this next group should be large. How many got all your Christmas shopping done? <laughs> Nobody raised their hand. Okay, so if you got it done, now if you didn't get it done, you still got to go out. So which camp are you in? So if you didn't get it all done, raise your hand. Okay, if you did get it all done, raise your hand. All right, how many are just not going to raise your hand no matter what I say? <laughs> all right, you're those people. Okay, that helped me out. <laughs> anyway, I heard about, it, about a guy, and uh, he actually had to go to jail for this. He did all his shopping early. And, and so the prison guard's like, hey, man, what are you in here for? And he's like, well, you know, what are you charged with? And the guy's like, well, uh, doing my Christmas shopping. He's like, well, that's not a crime. Uh, you know, what, what, what's the deal? He says, you know, how did that happen? You know, he said, well, uh, well, because I, I did it real early. He goes, how early did you do it? He said, before the shops opened. <laughs> so if you're in that crew, yeah, we have prayer for you at the end of service today. Uh, that'll help you. All right. So anyway, you guys all know what I'm going to talk about, right? I'm going to talk about the Christmas story. Um, everybody kind of knows it's coming. And so every year I ask God, come on, Lord, speak to me. You know, give me something that will be uh, relevant. And whenever I finally, you know, pray about it, kind of chill about it, uh, it's amazing how much is inside of that. So I've entitled this message, This Is Us. And it's not based on the show, so there'll be no tissues handed out and Nobody has to get emotional necessarily, all right? 
But I believe that in this Christmas story, there are certain characters that are just like us, people just like us. And so when I'm reading this story, I'm like, this is us. Like, we are these people. When I look into the story a little bit deeper, I could see that the different characters that are represented there represent, I think, like a a large population of people that could be listening online or in this room uh, right now. Now, what I love about Christmas, first off, is is how it brings us together, though. Regardless of our backgrounds, regardless of the stage of life where we're in, there's something about this sacred holiday that kind of pulls everybody together, and we come around, and we decide and determine to set aside some time and worship uh, a baby that was born in this world and believe that this baby was to be the savior of the world and that this baby was the son of God. That's incredible. And people are doing that uh, by the millions around the world today. What's really interesting about the story is the unique entrance of God into the world, right? We know it was through a baby, right? We know that uh, God came into the world as a baby. But did, did you ever put this like phrase together that God had a baby with a human? It's kind of, I mean, it's so controversial that an angel had to explain it. Like, unpack this for the people. Go, you know. And God the Father sends them down there to kind of, it, it has an innate, uh, inherent uh, controversy surrounding it because, because uh, God, you know, um, you know, kids, you know touches a, a human being and that human being has a baby. And now that baby, you know, is, is very, very special. And, and God becomes a human being. In fact, in the book of John, it says, uh, the, word, the word became flesh and dwelt among men. So before Jesus became baby Jesus, Jesus was the word. And the word was with God and dwelt with God. And so his eternal state prior to becoming a child, a human being, was he was the word. He was the word. God spoke and the worlds, worlds were formed, and, and it was the word, the word of God. And so now God changes his nature. Why is that so significant? Because he wanted to be with us so bad, so much, that he changed his eternal nature to be with us. In, other, in order for him to connect with us, he had to become one of us. That's incredible how personal he is. And because of that reality, it dismantles any notions that God is some ethereal, distant, disconnected, you know, um, dictator, whatever D word that I can come up with to describe, there we go, I did it again, some oppressive being that doesn't care about, no, no, no. He went out of his way uh, to become one of us to give his peace to each one of us. That's the kind of God that we have. And so that's what makes Christmas unbelievable. Are you guys with me out there? And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a picture that we've all seen in just a few minutes. Uh, In fact, you can put it up, actually. The nativity scene. This is a classical picture of Christmas, some version of it you've, you've seen. And I want you to see that these people, and you'll see it more and more as we talk today, they were people just like us. They came into this first Christmas much like we come into Christmas in 2019. Their stories led to this moment, and your stories are leading to this moment here. And it could be significant for you, just like it was significant for them. This is us. Is everybody tracking with me right now? And so they came in, I'll say this this way, they came in one way, but they left a different way. You could come in a certain way, 
and possibly leave a different way. That's the, that's the goal or the objective of today's message. Now, the original story, I'm not going to get into all of it because you've either read it in your Bible in Matthew 1 or Luke 2, or you heard Charlie Brown talk about it at one time. <laughs> Some of you older people know what I'm talking about. Um, but here's the story. You know, Mary, spoken to by the angel, you're going to have a baby. You're a virgin. It's going to be this immaculate conception. The baby's going to be the savior of the world. Imagine that story. And then in Luke 1, 29, it's in your notes, it says this. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Then the angel says, don't be afraid. Always angels have to say that because they must have been like scary. Mary, Mary, don't be afraid for you found favor with God and you're going to conceive in your womb and bring forth to a son. You're going to call him Jesus. The angel is saying, uh, Mary, I've got a plan. You're, you're a part of that plan. You're chosen. You're favored. This is, you're, I know you're a virgin. This is going to be an immaculate conception, but your child is going to be the savior of the whole world. And when Mary hears that, she first off does a cartwheel and she's like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I'm so glad I woke up today. No, that's not what happened here. That's not what happened. It says she was confused and disturbed, okay? So she comes into the first Christmas and confused. Like, what is going on? How is this happening? What, what are you trying to tell me right now? A lot of us come into Christmas 2019. This is us. There's tons of confusion. Dis we're disturbed. We're disrupted. In fact, this word in the original language, it means perplexed. It means anxious. It, it's, I, this is my word. It's shaken and stirred. Okay? Like, we're not doing good on the inside. Uh, and, and I don't know about you, but I, I think, I don't know about you, but that's my family line there. It's a little story. Never mind. Private joke. But I think she had to have there's a lot of conversations that we don't know that are in the Bible. We, can't, we can only speculate them. But I think when that happens to Mary, Mary had to go back to the angel and like with some questions. And I think Mary went to the angel and was like, yeah, Mr. Angel, Mr. Angel, Mr. Angel, do you, do you know that me and Joey, we got a thing going? I think she was Italian. <laughs> me and Joey, we've got a thing going. And it's a good thing. And he's a good man. He's an upright man. So can you help me out here? How am I going to tell Joey? And how am I going to tell Joey's family? Like, what am I going to do this? Over pasta and bread? Like, how am I going to do this? Isn't it so much better when you have an Italian attitude with this story? Okay. Like, she's like, how am I going to say this, huh? Can you fill me in? She's not leaping for joy, everybody. This was her disposition going into the first Christmas. Now, another character, of course, we see is Joseph. So Mary's confused and disturbed, but then there's Joseph. Joseph, he's an upright guy. He, the Bible says he, he's a stand-up guy. In Matthew 1.19, it says, Joey was a man who always did what was right. You got a friend that always does what's right? Like, you either want to be near them or get as far away from them as possible because they make you look bad, okay? That, Joey, he, this is him. He says, but he didn't want to disgrace Mary uh, publicly, so he made plans. He makes plans, by the way. Notice the, orca the, the orchestrator of those plans to break up this engagement privately. So I think Joey goes to Mary. We're going to call her Mo for the story. Joey goes to Mo and says, Mo, 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 Mo. We're together on Tuesday night having pasta and sauce with Mom. And everything's good. And then I go out with the boys on Wednesday night, and I come back, and you're Brago. <laughs> what happened? Well, and she starts talking. Wait, 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 wait. You want me to think, you want me to believe that the Holy Spirit <laughs> made a you Brago. 
I don't know about this. I mean, that, that's what's going on. Now, it's a little fun, but reality is he was embarrassed. He had to be humiliated. He's a stand-up guy. He's an upright guy. I think he ultimately, I think Joseph felt betrayed. You can put that in your notes. Joseph, on the first Christmas as he's coming in, he feels betrayed. I think this is many of us. We come into 2019 Christmas, and for some of us, maybe you're in a situation and you're looking at your, your relationships, and, and there's been a lot of heartbreak, and there's been a lot of brokenness, and there's been a lot of rejection. Uh, maybe there's been ultimately betrayal by someone. That could have happened for you. See, Joey wasn't going into this relationship uh, going to go deeper now, make the commitment. We're going to be the power couple now. You know, we're going to be the new Brangelina. We're going to be the new Kimye. Some of you young people, help the older people out right now, what I'm talking about. Okay? This, no, 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 no. That's, that's not what's going on here. He's like, no, we're going we're gonna to have to pull this. We're going to have to break this thing up. You know, what am I going to say? What if his friends came up to him, you know, hey, what happened with you and Mo? What happened with you and Mo? Oh, you know, things didn't work out. Well, what happened? She, she's a nice girl. Things got weird. They got weird. I can't explain it. It got weird. You know, what's the family going to say at dinner time? Joey, Joey's trying to think about this. You know, how could they do this to us? Doesn't she know what a family we have? And we're a wonderful family. Why would she do this to us? It got weird. Okay. Then the shepherds, they're there. They're in this story, too. Their, their biggest job as shepherds, in a nutshell, is to, is to make sure the sheep don't get eaten, okay? So their job description is pretty, like, it's pretty easy, okay? Just don't let the sheep get eaten. What's my job description? You can hand that out to me. That's your job description, okay? And then you'd have to feed the sheep, and then you move the sheep to another pasture. Feed them, move them, feed them, move them, sleep, repeat, do that all over again. These guys, the shepherds, are like the lowest of the food chain economically. They're the outcasts socially. They're considered by uh, many people like ceremonial, religious, ceremonially unclean. Look what happens though. Look how God shows up in their lives. Luke 2, 8 says this, shepherds were in the field near Bethlehem and they were taking turns watching their flock during the night. And an angel from the Lord suddenly appeared, like out of nowhere, in the darkness, by the way. And the glory of the Lord filled the area with light and they were so happy and enthused and filled with joy. No, the Bible says they were what? They were terrified. They were terrified, okay? You just notice, they weren't like, pull out the phones, you know, post this on the gram. This is incredible. No, 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 that's not what's happening. They were filled with fear and terror. This is how many people come into the Christmas story here today. This is us. Many people are looking at the world that's around them. And the darkness within the world, and the dog-eat-dog world, and we're fending and fighting for what is ours, hoping we can get through another day, and we have to move from this to this to this, and repeat the cycle over and over again. We're not sure we're going to be able to do it. Life was really tough for these guys. It wasn't easy. And I think this relates to many of us. This is us. Some of us, we're not sure how we're going to get through this month. We're not sure if we're going to have a job in the new year. We're not sure how we're going to pay our bills and, and I think this is them. I think the shepherds, like us, were fearful. They were terrified. And then we have this kind of final characterization with the wise men. Everybody say wise men. These guys were the elite, the, the educated. Uh, they hang around with the big shots. They, 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 they were kind of the, the, the high and lofty people, the kings, the rulers. They're wealthy. In Matthew 2, it says, Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod. 
And soon afterwards, some men who studied the stars came from the east to Jerusalem. Now, we don't know a lot about the wise men or the magi, but we know that they came from a faraway and distant land. We know that uh, historians say that it could have traveled as much as 2,000 kilometers to get to Bethlehem. That's a long journey. It could have taken, depending on the point of origin, three months to a year and a half based on modern transportation. Modern transportation was not a fleet of Escalades and Denali's, everybody. Okay? Th these were camels. Camels. Hashtag blisters. <laughs> get a picture. Get a picture. All right? Nobody's getting that picture. Okay? And so they're traveling somewhere in Persia, which today would be like Pakistan and, and Iraq, to Israel. And this this. This, tra this transport, this caravan, was during the hot summer months. Eventually, they, they get there. But it's a long, long trip. Hot, sweaty, sticky, uncomfortable. And on top of that, they don't even know when they're going to get there. Imagine going on a trip, and you don't know when you're going to arrive. How many people love trips like that? When are we going to get there, Dad? You know, I would have been that guy in the caravan or that kid in the caravan. Dad, how much longer? How much longer? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Mommy, 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 mommy. Nobody knows that joke. Okay. That would have been, that would have been me. I would have been like one weekend. Time out. When do the hot showers come, you know? When, when, when do the calzones come into play? Like, I'm, I need a break. These guys were going on and on and on and on. Not sure when it was going to end. I believe these guys were tired. I believe they were exhausted coming into the first Christmas. I believe this is us. I believe a lot of you here and a lot of you listening online, you're coming into Christmas time. And, and, you know, I talk to a lot of people sometimes and I say, hey, how you doing? They can't even verbalize it. I say, how are you doing? They go, <sighs> just, they just exhale. You know who you are. All you guys are quiet right now because you know it's you. It's just exhale stress. Or how are you doing? Man, I am just so tired. I'm just so tired. This, this is them. This is us. We're, we're coming into this first Christmas. Sometimes I ask people, I'm looking, you know, for an engaging conversation, a little fun, a little pep in their day. Like, what's going on in your life? I'm like, how you doing? How you doing? What's going on? Same old, same old. Awesome. Can't wait to talk to you some more for some of that same old, same old. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't need any more same old, same old. I need something new. Come on, tell them. <laughs> See, these wise men... These wise men and this caravan of people, they were exhausted. They were tired. This is us. This is us. See, I think these examples and many more we can all identify with. And all of these groups of people came into this nativity scene, surrounded this baby, this, this Christ child, and things were different somehow, some way. They were all coming in one way. They all somehow stopped, dropped, and learned something. Something happened here. Show that nativity scene again. Could it be that this nativity scene is more of a uh, template? Can you put that nativity scene up in the name of Jesus? Uh, maybe this nativity scene is more a template for a template of truth for our lives to help us learn some things that we can apply to our lives. Maybe what they did, we could do also, and we could come one way and leave another. Is everybody with me right now? Maybe we could take our cue from Mary, 
Joseph, the shepherds, and the wives, because they did some things initially. It came in one way, but they did something that changed things for them, and they left a different way. Let's look at that. So this, this is us, but this can be us now also. So things changed for Mary. Write this down. Things changed for Mary when she focused on what God said, not on what she saw. Everybody say what God said, not on what I see. See, here's what happens in Luke 1, 37. It says the angel... The angel's talking to Mary, and the angel says, nothing, Mary, is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. How many know that it's really hard sometimes to focus on something like that, but yet it's so critical that if we do, things that were impossible become possible. And Mary said, yes, I see it now. I can see clearly the rain is gone. I'm the Lord's maid. I'm the Lord's servant. So, she says this, she declares it, so let it be, just as you what? Just as you what? Say. Just as you say. So we don't focus on what we see. We focus on what God says. And sometimes we can't do as God says until we accept what he says. See, that's where your perspective changes. You, 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 have to, you change your focus. And so she went from confused and disturbed because she changed her focus on what God said, not on what she sees. Many of us have a hard time doing that. We're looking at what man is saying. We're looking at what a political party is saying. The, the solutions to our problems externally all stem from a spiritual problem. And Jesus has the answer for all of that. And all the problems, the government will be upon his shoulders, not upon the government. It will be upon Jesus' shoulders. Can I have an amen? It's not the economy. It's not Democrats, Republicans. It's not the military. It's not education. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Can I have an amen? And so Mary figured that out. Then there's Joey. Joey figured this out too. Things changed for Joey when he focused on God's plan, not on his pain. Things changed for him when he focused on God's plan, not on his pain. Matthew 1.21 says it like this. It says, after he thought about it, see, I think, what was he thinking about? He was thinking about putting Mary away, breaking up with her, busting up the power couple. But he was thinking, I don't want to do it, but how do I get out of it? And as he began to think about it, think about a different way to kind of, you know, do the right thing, but he's struggling with that. The angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream. Joey, son of David. Don't be afraid to take Mo as your wife. What's happening in her is for me. She'll give birth to a son. Name him Jesus because he'll be the one who saves the people from her sins. So suddenly Joey goes away from how am I going to overcome this? How am I going to deal with this embarrassment and now the shame? And he changes his focus and he accepts the ultimate plan of God. And when he accepts and focuses on the plan, he's able to overcome the pain. And by the way, no pain that you ever experience is wasted. Especially when you trust God and surrender to God. He will always use your problems, your pain, and your difficulties. And I always say it like this. God will bend the universe to make something good come out of your pain. That's what he'll do. He, he, the Romans 8.28 says he works all things. I just, this is one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. He works all things. That means everything, somebody. All things together for the good of them who love him and who are called according to his purpose. You keep loving God and you keep doing what he says and he's going to work all those painful things out for your good. Pastor, it's not working out good. It's not working out good for me because he's not done yet. He's getting ready to work it out good. And the sooner that you focus on the fact that you serve a good God, that just because it's a bad world doesn't mean it's not a good God. Life's not fair, but God is good. 
Can I have an amen? And he'll turn those unfair circumstances and he'll work them for good if you keep loving him and doing what he says. Amen? That's good preaching. So the joy of the plan for Joseph was bigger than the pain. Then things changed for the shepherds. Everybody say shepherds. And it's because they listened and didn't just react. This is one of my favorite points, and really I could do a whole message on this, but they listened, they didn't just react. Luke 2.10 says it like this. The angel comes to them and says, stop being afraid, shepherds, listen. Everybody say, listen. Listen. So so God comes and says, hey, 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 whoop, 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 whoop. Listen, 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 listen. I'm bringing you good news of great joy. It's for everybody. You're going to get a savior today, and he's going to be born in the city of David. And then he says something this. He personalizes it, and this is going to be a sign to you. See, sometimes God wants to give you a personal word. But you're not listening. You're not listening. Have you been, have you been uh, you know, trying to talk? You have something that can help somebody, but they just won't listen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Nobody poke your husband or your spouse or anybody right now, okay? All the wives just want to go, ha, I have the gift of the right elbow, and uh, that's my specialty. No, don't do that right now, okay? But what I'm trying to tell you is sometimes you know something that can help somebody, but they're like, no, 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 I don't want to hear I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. No, you don't. You think you know what I'm going to say. Sometimes... God is trying to reach people, and you might be listening online, and this is, this is where you're at. You're kind of like checking it out, checking it out. You're on the peripheral. You're here. You're on the peripheral, and you've only heard bits and pieces of truth, small truth, but you haven't met capital T truth. See, what helps you with your doctrine, your beliefs, and the application of them is not little small truths. It's Meeting Jesus, who is the fulfillment and complete embodiment of truth. So when you meet him, your eyes actually open up and you can see what you couldn't see before. You're trying to see it through a dirty windshield. You need Jesus to remove that dirt so then you can see things better. Can I have an amen? But you have to listen to him. You have to dig a little bit deeper. What if the shepherds hadn't listened? They would have missed This opportunity to be in Bethlehem and see the Savior. By the way, the Savior came to them. I believe the angel came to them telling them of a Savior who would come because he was trying to, God was trying to encourage actually all of you. What do you mean, Pastor? See, I think Jesus, not not just the Savior of the world for, for all humanity, but before that, he sent a message to the shepherds because they were the common guys. They were the outcasts, the lowest of the low. And some of us feel like, oh, that's not for me. I'm not good enough. No, that message was eradicated when a heavenly host and an angel and light shone upon these outcasts, the shepherds. He was trying to eradicate a message that the the gospel or that the, the truth or that salvation was just for some. No, it's for everybody. Can I have an amen? And then he says, this shall be a sign to you. What was this little special sign? He says, they, they, first of all, they listen. They say this. They said in verse 15, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us. So thank God they listened. Then, because they listened, God gives them a special sign that only they could resonate with. Let me, let me, let me try to unpack this for you. It says, you're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. What is significant about that? Well, think about this. Back then, to deal with sin, there always had to be a sacrifice made for sins. And the sacrifices were like a ewe, a lamb, or sheep. And they had to be as perfect as possible. And by the way, they only paid for the consequence of sin, but it never dealt with our conscience. 
So in other words, your sin was paid for. You'd sin again. You got to do it again. But you never got rid of the guilt. That's what's so awesome about Jesus. Jesus came as the once and for all sacrifice that paid for sin forever and gives you a corresponding freedom from guilt, shame, and blame. Amen? But anyway, back then, this lamb would be sacrificed, and people would have to go bring it to the holy city at Passover and sacrifice it. Well, where do you think they got them from? Shepherds. And so they go to a shepherd, and I need a really good lamb. I need a perfect lamb. So they'd be raising them, and they'd find these lambs. And when they would get the lamb and buy them from the shepherds, they would transport them to the holy city. And by the way, they didn't walk them. They carried them. And they carried them and wrapped them in swaddling cloths. So think about it. One day, these shepherds, they get there, and they follow the instructions because they listened. They get down on their knees, and they're getting ready to see the baby. And there's the Savior of the world who would save the whole world. How? By being a sacrifice, and they see Jesus wrapped in swaddling cloths. They would have missed that had they not listened. Are you guys with me out there? Some of you might be missing some of the most powerful moments of your life because you're shutting God off, or you're shutting God's servants off, or you're shutting opportunities off. Make sure you listen and don't just react. Can I have an amen out there? Okay, so things changed. Lastly, for the wise men. We're gonna, the, here's what the wise men did. The wise men worshipped. They changed their focus from exhaustion and fatigue and, 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 and privilege and power and status and stature and all the things that they, they had left. They left all those things, contrasted that with this huge caravan on this long journey, and they're tired and exhausted. And they just got down on their knees, and they just worshipped. Incredible. What is worship? Worship is just putting your attention and your affection on something or someone above something or, something or someone else. And so in Matthew 2, 9, it says the, they, the, the star that they had seen rising led them until it stopped over the place where this child was. And look in verse 10. It says this. They were overwhelmed with what? They were overwhelmed with what? Come on, say it loud. With joy. They weren't exhausted. They, they were, oh, I'm just overwhelmed from this trip. No. Notice that the, in this story, you never hear anything anywhere about them coming in like, where's the mansion? Uh, what are we doing in this manger? Where's the five-star hotel? Why, it stinks in here. It's smelly. What are these shepherds doing here? Why is there animals here? No, they, I, I need something to drink. They didn't say any of that. They're, they get there. They see this child, and they're overwhelmed with joy. You know why, everybody? Because in the presence of Jesus, no matter what your problem is, all of it fades in the presence of Jesus. There's a message for all of us at Christmas time that is in that nativity scene that is for us if we'll accept it. Are you with me, everybody? It's powerful. It's personal. Would you show that nativity scene one more time? I just want you to see this could be you today. You could come into this Christmas like they came into this Christmas with different problems. Some of us, we're having a problem just not, just, we're just reacting and not listening. Some of us, we're focusing on the pain and not God's plan, that he must have a plan. I know the plans I have for you, he says, but we're not listening to those plans. We're, we're adopting our plan and keeping us in our pain. Some of us, we, we're holding on to our, you know, trying to fight and do it on our own strength, and we're tired and we're exhausted, and we, need just, we just need to stop, drop, and worship. Some of us, you know, like them, we get in our situation and, 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 and we're confused and disturbed. Some of us are broken in relationships and feel betrayed. 
But, but there's a message for all of us. And here's the final one. Things can change for us just like it did for them if we fix our eyes on Jesus. Things can change for every single person. You listen online. All of you. Your Christmas can change if you, as the Bible says in Hebrews 12 too, let us fix our eyes, focus on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the beginning and the end. Whatever's going on now, whatever's going to go on in the end, the best thing for you to do is focus on Jesus the whole time, and things will change for you. So here's what I've learned. I want to try to unpack this quickly is some of us have problems. I venture to say all of us got some problem. We all got issues. All God's children got issues. And we need intervention. But this is what you may not realize consciously. We need God's intervention, but because we don't have intimacy with him, we're not confident asking him for his help. In other words, the Bible says when your heart doesn't condemn you, you have confidence before God and you will boldly ask for his help. But when you, your heart can condemns you, you won't have that confidence. And so we need to restore. Some of you are distant from him, and so you need to restore that intimacy and that fellowship. Some of you just straight up disconnected from him, and that's, that's okay. We can fix that just like this. So before you can have intimacy, you have to meet someone first. You need to be introduced. Introduced, intimacy, intervention. So this is what I want to do. I want to give you that chance. If you listen online, I'm going to give you the same opportunity that these beautiful people have right here. And so what I'd like you to do is put your worship guides away. We're going to worship our way out of this service. And we're going to sing Oh Holy Night and have a candle lighting in just a minute. But before we do, I want to have like a moment, a personal moment. Just put your stuff away. Be very, very still. And then what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to just close your eyes. Because we're going to, we're going to pray, but I'm going to say something to you while I'm doing that. If you would do me a favor, just for the people that are around you, you just give them this, this moment, Okay. It's, so it's really just me, whoever you are, and God, because everybody's eyes are closed. You're honoring the person to your right or to your left. Would you please do that, please, for them? If it's, if it's not important to you, do it for them. What is God saying to you through this message? I got problems, PD. I got problems, God. Yep, but I want to change your focus. Are you willing to let me change your focus? Some of you, that's what it starts. It starts by listening it starts by worshiping. It starts by focusing on his ultimate plan. It starts by um, just putting God first and, and, and just releasing all that pain and problem and exhaustion that you have. But first, for some of you, you got to meet him first. You got to come into relationship with him. And I'm so glad to be able to have this opportunity to introduce you. If that's you, it's really, really simple. You can have peace with God when you transfer trust from you to him. He came to be with us so his peace could be in us. But that's only made possible when you say, Jesus, I want you in my life. And we confess that with our mouth. We believe it in our hearts. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a second. But if you're saying, yes, that's me. I want to make sure I'm connected to God. With every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want you to say, Pastor, that's me. And just raise your hand. If you're online, you can click that little button and raise your hand too. If that's you, just raise it good and high. Don't be afraid. Just be courageous. It's okay. This is one of the most important decisions that you can make. God bless you. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't be afraid. Thank you. 
This day, this day could be the day of salvation for you. For those of you online, you can do it right there where you are. Now, what I want to do is I'm believing that uh, you are gonna, you're just gonna see something change from the inside out when we say this prayer. Just join me, church. Those that raise your hand, would you say this prayer from your heart? Say, Jesus. Come on, say it loud. Say, Jesus. Today is the day of salvation for me. I receive what Christ did for me. I thank you that you came to be with us so your peace could be with us. So I pray in Jesus' name that the peace of God that transcends all understanding keep their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus because they come in a relationship with him. Father, I pray, Lord, that as they surrender their heart to you, Lord, that as they commit their life to you, Lord Jesus, that they would feel and sense that your presence is now with them. And if there are people here today that are troubled and going through difficulties of any kind, Lord, as we worship you in this final song, I pray that your presence would visit them, that all of those problems fade in the presence of God. Would you stand to your feet, everybody? Would you light your candles? Would you turn them on? We're going to worship to this song, and I just pray that you see yourself in this story, that you see that this is us. We came in here one way, but after this song, we are leaving here another way in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you. I hope you enjoy. God.